0: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: Good morning and welcome to the Business Hour. I'm Ron Camacho, your host. And recently we dedicated a program to life and health care insurance with some reference to Medicare and Medicaid. Uh, Today we're going to drive down a little further into that topic because it's so very essential and because it's such a Complete mystery to so many Americans. So, we'll be focusing on efforts to get adequate health care coverage, adequate coverage being a a sub theme for today. And I'm very pleased to have as my guest David Wiley of Health Markets, who has spent 30 years keeping up with the ever changing landscape of health care insurance, Medicare, uh, Medicaid. And a range of insurance products and services that we'll touch on during the program. Welcome to the business hour, David.
2: Thank you very much. Delighted to be here.
1: Now, uh, would you say, uh, it, it's accurate, uh, to characterize, uh, the last few decades of healthcare insurance and, uh, adding to that Medicare and particularly with the Affordable, the affordable Care Act that has it been your experience that it's more of a mystery for millions of Americans?
2: The coverage itself is actually less of a mystery, but what they're required to do is more such of one than it ever has been, and it's been become more complicated in, say, the last three years than all the other twenty seven years combined. You
1: know, we had a brief conversation, and one of the things you uh, you had mentioned was that, uh, for example, if you call up ushealthcare.gov, uh, uh, dot gov or you know uh usgov or you know you get to um the, the government marketplace the America. marketplace yeah. in general you uh is that you find someone oftentimes at the other end of the line who says you got 67 different plans and and what we want to do today is sort of drill down into explaining uh, actually a logical process for for navigating uh all those different options and as much as I don't want to uh, and and typically start our program with, with, with a downer, if you will, this is such a critical topic that I decided to dedicate another show to it. And one of the things that makes it so critical is that I understand that the majority of bankruptcies in the U.S. are related to unexpected health care costs and the associated debt and I really believe that the vast majority of Americans still don't know that.
2: That is correct. Let me, if I may, just interject one point uh, you made earlier in your in your statement is that people try to make these decisions oftentimes on their own, and that's really a mistake, because when they do call into the marketplace to say, I can do this, etc., and they go through the application process, or even if they're dealing directly with an insurance carrier, they just basically kind of get their mindset, this is the product that I want, but many times when they call the marketplace, they don't know what they want, and all of a sudden they end their application, and the the marketplace person says, who could be sitting in Portland, Oregon, or New York, or Pennsylvania, or Texas, nowhere around here, they say, well, looking in Georgia, where you live, it looks like you have 64 silver plans, 82 whatever plans to choose from. Which one do you want? And obviously that's kind of like what so what an agent does and this is why by what I want to recommend is utilize an agent. Hopefully, as someone with health markets, because we're a national organization, we're over three thousand agents. We represent over two hundred carriers. In other words, all the major players in every state. We have access to everything you would possibly want. But an agent knows the product that serves you best in your, your where you live, and is going to meet your family's needs better than anybody does sitting on the end of a marketplace phone line, because they literally are looking at all forty-eight states geographic you know geographic United, United States and looking at all the plan and looking at every plan every day who depending on who they're talking to, and they don't know anything about any plan specifically other than, here it is listed, what do you
3: want?
1: And, you know, I, I, I don't um, uh, like for the program to ever be viewed as a, as a giant infomercial, but I think it is important you mentioned that you are, um, with Health Markets, a highly reputable firm. And I think it really helps to work with someone who uh, has a confident. Uh, feeling about their uh, company, their organization, uh, one that uh, helps them have access to um, lots of information and multiple plans, and really that's I think, uh, part of what you have to offer is that range of information as well as the, uh, range of, of, of plans. Well,
2: I'll leave it at this, Ron. Uh, Health Markets is an A plus rated, ca- company with the Better Business Bureau. We have an over a 95% approval rating, which is unheard of in the healthcare industry. But most importantly, the points you mentioned earlier about bankruptcies. Yes. Statistically, 62% of all bankruptcies occur because of medical bills, frankly, that no one ever thought would happen to them. Because I think we all have that basic belief that I take pretty good care of myself. I'm relatively careful. That's not going to happen to me. Well, I see that every day, the people that have that thought, and it happens to them. The other aspect of that is in that 62%, 78%, almost 80% of those people had health insurance. Health insurance alone is not enough, and we can, of course, elaborate on that a little bit further into the interview. Well, in fact, we are going to drill down, um, but
1: you mentioned um, that uh, people are caught by surprise with a catastrophic event, and I think that the, uh, the segment of folks that most often doesn't think down the road are younger uh, adults who really have never they're they're not informed just as uh, seniors who should be more informed they're not informed about their options they haven't engaged a professional they think that because they've been healthy uh, they 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 don't foresee that there could be something catastrophic. And one of the things that you pointed out to me was that, on the contrary, uh, an event occurring early in your life could set you back. Let's
2: talk about that for a moment. Sure. Well, first off, you you mentioned the word professional. Yes, that's what I am as a licensed agent, but we have no fees. In other words, the cost to you is nothing. So you pay the same regardless of whether you utilize an agent or whether you do not. So really you're kind of crazy. Uh, not to use an agent to take advantage of their knowledge and expertise, but going back to your point, there are I've seen as many sixty-year-olds that have the same opinion as younger people, but proportionally, most younger people feel that era of invincibility. I once felt that way too. Uh, bottom line, you just think, oh, that's something that's going to happen to somebody older, but in reality. Accidents happen every day, and you just, you just drive, into morning, drive into work one morning and just look at the number of accidents that you just happened to spot. Yesterday, I thought something was in the drinking water. I saw three accidents, not on the freeways, but on just regular streets, and I'm trying to figure out how they happened, but there were some pretty good mangled cars. I can only think about the injuries that might have sustained, been sustained, but injuries or serious illnesses put you out of work, and this is where that bankruptcy issue comes into play. Health insurance pays for medical bills. It, but it's uh, it is going to put a limit on what your exposure is. You had asked me earlier what the average cost of a, of a hospital stay was, and I said, well, the average stay is about three and a half days. The average cost is about thirty four thousand dollars for that three and a half day stay. Most people don't have that kind of money just sitting around, willing to spend it on a hospital stay. So that's what insurance is for. So why you have insurance limits your liability. So of that thirty four thousand on a three and a half day stay, maybe you might owe four thousand, five thousand, six thousand, but that's a lot better than say thirty four thousand on the the other hand, how long is that injury or that illness keeping you from working? You may physically want to go back to work as much as anybody because you have bills to pay, but I encourage everyone to sit down, take a piece of paper, write down every bill you have to pay every month, okay? And don't put the amount, that's not really not necessary. Put the category, mortgage, rent, car payment, insurance, utility bills of all sorts, a cable bill, tuition bills, whatever it may be, those items will not be paid by your health insurance. So all of a sudden you're out without income for several weeks or several months. What happens when those bills aren't paid is very bad. You find your stuff, if you rent, thrown out on the curb. You find the bank basically in repossession of your home. You have no cars anymore if you have a car payment. You have no lights or utility bills. You can't buy food for the family. These are all things that basically create that bankruptcy issue. Okay, And the, the funny thing about it, the minimum amount that causes these bankruptcies is only $15,000. That's amazing. And, and not only that, let me interject. Uh, it, it doesn't even have to get
1: to the point of bankruptcy. It could no. just be that you're put behind the eight ball by not ever really being
2: able to recover economically. So that you can never really thrive, so to speak. It's a hole you never get out of because, frankly, when you are able to go back to work, your employer or your you're not going to be able to go back and make three times what you were before, and to basically be able to pay off that debt. And re- but it's going to be something you're going to be working on for a long, long time, if if not ever. So you know,
1: today we're going to be talking uh, ne- uh, out of necessity. It's got to be in generalities about some aspects of this whole process. Mm-hmm. One of the the questions I want to ask uh, is about when you think um, a y- young independent adult uh, which is to say uh, at age eighteen when you're out of the house in many cases a little older when people get out from the umbrella uh, of their parents. Uh, helping them to be covered, but about what age and what general advice do you give to a young adult? Because you must be asked occasionally by a forward-thinking young adult, when should I start in, uh,
2: the, the
0: putting money The parameters, basically, basically
2: are when you start filing your own tax return, and that can be at age 19 when you finish high school or maybe some college, but now you're out and you're not on your parents' return anymore, or you didn't have the benefit of having parents to be on their return. But the other side of it is you are you can also stay on your parents' uh uh, tax return as well as on their insurance policy till the age of 26, if you so wish. But when you do come out as an individual, as, as an adult on your own, basically filing your own tax return, literally at that point you should always get health insurance in place. Number one, it's going to be less expensive when you're younger because it's all based on age. But number two, when you're younger and just starting your careers, a, a setback of several thousand dollars or tens of thousands of dollars could be a severe setback to your financial development. Down the road, and again, it's something you would as you alluded to earlier, you never really recover from. So it's very important. Just a just a simple trip to the emergency room can cost you two or three thousand dollars.
1: What you offered up were two good considerations. One is when you start filing your own tax um, returns, and two, around the age twenty six, in some cases for folks, uh, that's a critical uh, uh, point when your parents uh, will not be. Uh, carrying you uh and and affording you some coverage, how has the Affordable Care Act affected that whole uh, process is, 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 are you going to have to make yourself more aware of um,
2: how that comes into play? The federal law that was passed that all states had to adapt basically is that every person upon a, you know is required to have an ACA-compliant health plan. That, that's a policy that meets the eight essential core benefits, like maternity, preventative care, you know, substance abuse, all those things that are built into every policy. So everyone has to have that type of insurance. There are no pre-existing conditions, so every condition is literally covered from day one. Okay, that's the type of insurance everyone has to have. The government has come in and said if you don't have it, you are subject to a tax penalty. And they keep raising that penalty. It started out at 1% of your adjusted gross income to where now it's 2.5% or, or, or a flat number, whichever is higher, the higher of two amounts. So it can be very costly just not to have insurance, not to mention the fact that you are on the 100% plan, which means you're 100% liable for every medical expenditure you have, and that can be very costly.
1: You mentioned the core uh, group of eight. Um, go through that list again.
2: Well, all eight of them, I don't know if I can tell you all eight right off the top of my head. If I think about it long enough, I can. But the biggest ones are maternity, uh, all preventative care, uh, basically, uh, let's see, uh, uh, substance abuse, uh, uh, mental health. Those are the biggies. There's a few others in there that you know that basically before the Affordable Care Act, okay, you, you basically had underwritten policies where where companies could decline you, put waivers on certain things, not cover it, or, or basically and could rate you up based upon what conditions they were covering. They can't do that anymore. Okay, the only thing they can charge you more for is tobacco usage, whether you smoke or chew or whatever. They can charge you more money for that, but no other reason. We're going to be taking a break. We're here with David Wiley,
1: and we've been talking about health care insurance, some of the ramifications for not having adequate uh, coverage, and our theme is uh, having adequate coverage, and that's what David Wiley helps his clients to have. We'll be back with David right after this break.
3: Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org.
4: Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare. But for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today.
0: Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. The disease of
5: addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? and the trained staff at EHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com.
0: You're listening to America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome back to the Business Hour. We're here with David Wiley of Health Markets, and we've been talking about health care insurance, Medicare, Medicaid, uh, how the Affordable Care Act affects the buying of Medicare uh, or of a, a health care plan and we were talking about young adults we were starting out at that end of the spectrum and and I uh, was wondering David how how does the Affordable Care Act factor in for for a young adult um,
2: if you are an adult you are responsible for having your own your, for having health coverage so you are subject To either the tax liability for not having it and then full responsibility for all your medical bills, which is never a smart thing to do, ever. Okay, I don't care what kind of health you're in, perfect or what. But also to your, you know, you basically do not have uh, insurance simply because you know you just you're at risk for any medical bills, but you also are going to owe a tax penalty. You're not exempt from the tax penalty. Now in your introduction, you did mention Medicaid, Let's clear the air a little bit about Medicaid. Right, right. I, 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 absolutely. Medicaid <laughs> is a financially determined need by the, each state. Okay, so if the state has certain parameters that if you make under a certain income, you can qualify to apply for Medicaid. Right now, Georgia does not have any money for adults, so if you're newly applying to Medicaid as an adult, you will not get coverage. But if you're a child under 18 or younger, you will. But as far as, but, but that's what Medicaid did. It is only for the people below a certain poverty level, okay, that are qualified for that. So what we're talking about is health insurance for the under 65 market, which is affected by the Affordable Care Act, passed by our, our wonderful, wise congressman. <clears throat> Okay. And then the other one basically is Medicare, which is for those individuals who have attained that lofty age of 65, which I encountered this year in November. So bottom line is, is that uh, that's what you've worked your life for and they put aside money for you to have your hospitalization covered, your other medical for a very small fee together, those cover 80%, so you have to add other things to just your Medicare to cover that other 20%, including your drug coverage. Those are things that may be a separate topic that we should talk about, because it's a a whole different ballgame than what we're really here talking about today.
1: Well, we're going to touch on it, because we're going to come up with some, I'm going to ask you about some hypotheticals uh, that might include uh, Medicare, but um, I'm glad that you, uh, early in the program here, helped people to uh, understand uh one is strictly a financial uh, condition and and there are factors like age like your uh, financial uh, status uh, and uh, whether you're employed uh, because you might have access to health care whether you're retired or whether you're unemployed but uh, people uh, need to know that and and I'm glad you uh, you pointed that out because uh, in talking about uh, this uh, young adult, um, you gave me some examples uh, of someone or two in the mid-20s range that uh, one had an income that, that came uh, close to the bottom uh, level uh, of status that would entitle them to some uh,
2: m- Medicaid uh, no, not, and okay, not Medicaid. Okay. Let me help you here just a little bit, if I may. Okay. okay. Uh, and I know, because this is what I do every day, and you're doing a wonderful job. Uh, you really <laughs> are. But let me make sure that there's no misunderstanding I'm, on, your, I'm, on your list. I'm of about that, okay? as much in the dark as, as a lot of folks. No, oh, no, you're, I, you're I, very knowledgeable. But uh, I wish most of my clients were this knowledgeable. But bottom line is, is that there is a chart that the government puts out, okay, every year, and it's based, it's based upon the federal poverty level. Now, that's the only time you'll hear me reference this, because the chart it has a certain, based on your household size, if you're a household of one, two, three, and this is really based upon who's on your tax return. Say a couple with one child as a dependent would be a household of three. Well, that household of three needs to make a minimum income of like $20,700 for the year, combined income from of the whole family. If they don't make at least that, then they will not get any help Okay, and helping pay for their Affordable Care Act insurance plan, they get thrown back to Medicaid. And that's where the problem resides, because if you make below those levels in that particular episode of a household of three, Georgia's Medicaid will take on the child, but they will not take on the adults, so the adults are left still with no insurance and no help. However, what the the, the addition to what you were asking me about was I have a couple of clients coming in early next week, okay, they're in their twenties, okay. One basically makes about the middle of the range of the chart to get help. The other one makes toward the lower end just above the minimum to get help for a household of one. And because she makes that close and just over the qualifying amount, she will get a lot of help in paying for her health for insurance premiums on the major medical health insurance portion. The other person will get some help but not as much as the other person because it's all income determined. But the key with getting help with your ACA plans is you have to fit into that chart
1: and i think my reference uh, where i went wrong was for one thing i said that you might be an uh derive the benefit of or entitled to but it is falling below those thresholds uh those those Danger. income thresholds um where you're um going to be uh subject to um healthcare that is
2: still provided through medicaid would that be the only still in georgia georgia did not expand its medicaid with the new affordable care act and along with several other states maybe 28 other states so as a result there is no new money that's been infused into the state medicaid system they have money for children 18 and younger but they do not have money for adults so if you happen to fall into that category now as an adult making less than that minimum then you will actually be sent to Medicaid, and they will send you a nice letter of denial. You will not get it. So, what we're talking about today is that vast majority of folks
1: that that do need to consider uh, a health care plan, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about P- PPOs and HMOs. Uh, Absolutely, but, <laughs> but, but all, yeah, and but also uh, we are talking about uh, supplemental health care plans, which we'll we'll touch on, and you can identify a few which can make all the difference uh, to to having adequate coverage. Um, Let's talk about um, those those major factors that influence what kind of coverage, and we've just certainly touched upon uh, income level. Uh, How about age? And when you have um, employers that offer a package, for one thing, you're, 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 you're subject to taking advantage of it. I, I, I guess you can deny that coverage if you have a, a coverage uh,
2: of your own. The choices of insurance to insure a family are either if you work for an employer that offers a group package, you have to take the group coverage, okay, at least on yourself as the employee. The only time you could go out on your own and get your own coverage, it would be if what you're paying for your insurance costs more than 9.5% of what you make. If it costs you more than 9.5%, then you're eligible to not take the group plan and go out and seek an individual plan. The advantage of having an individual plan is if your earnings fall in that chart that gets you help, you will get a tax credit, which is an amount of money the government actually pays toward reducing your premium, and you will get some cost-sharing uh, reductions as well. It means you'll reduce your deductible. In other words, in bottom line, it reduces your out-of-pocket medical expenses. But with a group plan, no such help exists. The group plan is what it says, and that's it. So, I work with a lot of small groups, okay, and looking at both group plans and putting together some packages that complement their group insurance, but also to making sure that there's uh, people that, uh, that are having to pay too much, and then we can put them on an individual plan to set them. But this, this question you ask is very broad, okay, and we've got a lot of ground to cover here. And if, I, if you don't mind, I'm going to just for time's sake, I'm going to try to just say a couple of things, okay, and then you can basically feed off of this. Absolutely,
1: sure. In fact, one of the those uh, questions
2: I, I hope you're going to address is uh, the difference between a PPO and an HMO. Absolutely, all there are. We, as I said, we represent as an agency over 200 different companies. Well, every company and there's carriers out there all over the country, but what carriers are in Washington State are not the same carriers here in Georgia. So, bottom line is with ev- with every agent, health markets or other, they represent the carriers that are in that state and can do the best service for you. So, but within those carriers, the product types are one of two types. It's either an HMO or it's a PPO. The difference, very simply, is an HMO you have benefits within the network only. Typically, you have to go only, you know, like in the case of Kaiser, for example, which is probably the largest HMO, you have to go to their doctors and their facilities. Other HMOs do have outside doctors you may go to, but you still have to stay in network. The problem with HMOs, very simply, is that they're the che- generally the cheaper of the plans listed either on the marketplace or buying them privately from insurance carriers because they pay the doctors and the hospitals less money. Because the insurance companies out less money, they can afford to offer the plan a little bit more inexpensively. But everything has its price. And what I mean by that, because they offer doctors less and hospitals less, you don't have as many doctors or hospitals participating. So you run into the problem of, gee, I need to use my insurance, and I can't find anybody who takes it. That is definitely a problem with a few carriers here in the the greater Atlanta area. And you'll hear people complaining, oh, I hate this Obamacare. Well, the, you get down to it, and you find out that they have a certain type of HMO, and nobody takes it. So, the other that the, the solution to that is always get what is called a PPO or called a POS plan. In the under sixty-five market, it can be the terms are interchangeable, and literally it means that you have the choice of pretty much any doctor you wish because they get paid better by the the insurance carriers. More, virtually all the doctors are in it. Virtually all the hospitals participate, so you literally have full freedom to go. You even have even if you accidentally went out of network. You still have benefits even out of network. So in other words, it is the better of the two coverages by far, so when you need it, it can be utilized, and you you are very grateful that you have a PPO instead of an HMO. Uh, The other aspect of what we talked about on the bankruptcy just earlier, okay, if I may just elaborate a little bit, uh, health insurance, when you get around to it, if you really think about who it really protects, it really protects your doctors and your hospitals. It makes sure they're going to be paid the lion's share of the money that's owed to them. You're going to have an obligation, yes. You will owe your deductible. You will owe some of your coinsurance, the percentage that you're responsible for, to a certain point. But once you reach your maximum out-of-pocket, whatever it happens to be, 3000 5000 8000 whatever it is, that is your maximum exposure, no matter how big your bill gets. So the other hundreds of thousands of dollars that may be owed to you, Your doctors and hospitals will be paid to them, so it protects them. But while you are now have incurred this new debt, and it really doesn't matter what age you are because debt is debt, Okay, essentially you now have to come up with money to pay this bill that you now owe. But here's the problem. Those things I asked you earlier just to kind of make a note and write down your monthly expenses, those are not going to be paid by health insurance. And all of a sudden now you fall a month or two behind or more. In some of those payments, bad things happen. So what I recommend are certain products to go along with your health insurance. The money is paid to you tax-free. They're large lump sums. Regardless of why you're in the hospital, monies are paid to you like anywhere from $500 to 1000 a day in a regular room, up to 2000 a day in the ICU. Okay, basically, you have critical illness plans that cover all your major critical illnesses, including cancer and heart and stroke and all those things. Essentially, that can pay you anywhere from like twenty thousand to over a hundred thousand. You have uh, cancer policies specific that pay you like up to thirty thousand. Sometimes another plan up to as much as a hundred and fifty thousand. You have uh, accident plans that pay you as much as twenty five thousand in a year, depending on how you're treated for the accident. I had one client just to give you an example a few years ago that had a car accident right up right around the corner from us here. And between the benefits that they had between a hospital confinement plan, which paid them $1,000 a day in a regular room, $2,000 in ICU, and the accident plan we talked about for the 25000 they received a check for $45,000. Now, that income came to an abrupt halt because he was in the hospital for 24 days and was out of work for over three months. Yeah, that
1: would certainly seem to be uh, a situation where having some supplemental care could help. Um, We're going to talk more about that, um, more about supplemental plans, more about health care coverage. We're here with David Wiley. We'll be back to talk with David more right after this break.
5: Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport.
0: Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.
4: And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected.
0: the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome back to the Business Hour. I'm Ron Camacho, your host, and we're here with David Wiley of Health Markets. And we've been talking about a a very, very, very critical uh, topic uh, that Everyone, virtually everyone has to consider. And uh, a lot of folks don't really want to uh, expend a great deal of energy thinking about uh, health care coverage, uh, health care insurance, uh, and, and yet because it's something that we're all faced with and because there are so many different ways to be insured, whether you're insured adequately or not is what David tries to help his clients with. And David, to me, sounds very dedicated to ensuring that his clients are adequately insured uh, for potentials uh, that are realistic uh, and and that could uh, result in, in some cases, a catastrophic event can totally wipe you out. And as we pointed out earlier in the program, whether that happens to you later in life or early in life, it's oftentimes a hole that you can't dig yourself out of. So uh, I'm certain that that uh, you try to help your clients, given what they're uh, income situation is probably a major factor and their overall health you know if someone is has a, uh, a history of health problems in an existing condition uh and there's a greater potential uh for one of the for a condition or more than one condition to come back into play uh you're certainly going to want to hedge your bets so to speak in a different way um let's um Let's talk a little bit about uh, things like a, a question I know a lot of people have is is whether or not um, you can consider uh, health care coverage independently uh, from life, Uh, and from long-term care. Well, they
2: should each be looked at very independent of one another because they each do different things. Obviously, when it comes to life insurance, we all have that ticket punched. I haven't spoken to anyone yet who's figured out a way around not dying. Okay, it's gonna happen. We just all hope that it's in our game plan, that we're gonna live a long, healthy life and die at a comfortable old age in our sleep, but it doesn't always happen that way, okay? So bottom line, you have to be prepared because you have to always think of it to protect my family, particularly. If I didn't make it home tonight, what would happen? Okay?
1: In fact, let me interrupt you here, David. If I'm not mistaken, and this is my very lay, uh, uh, distant impression, Uh, I don't think it happens most frequently that way. We're not, like, all dying peacefully uh, in our sleep and suddenly without uh, a lot of health care costs associated. Isn't it the other way around? Almost everybody has a sequence of some health care associated with death?
2: Some, okay, but not always, okay? If you don't have health insurance, okay, you basically can incur a tremendous debt to your heirs and to your family to pay off after you're gone. That's what life insurance is there to really do. So but healthcare basically provides medical bill coverage, putting a limit on what you're exposed to while you are alive and so, assuming you're gonna survive that illness or that accident, okay. But but my
1: point is is that most people do incur some health care costs. I mean oh, yeah. you, you may not have to pay them yourself because you're dead. Oh, absolutely. But but we we just The vast majority of us do not go peacefully um, That's in the correct. middle of the night.
2: And there and there are bills to be paid, okay? And, of course, there are funeral expenses to be paid, okay? There's a lot of considerations on how you want to leave those who survive you, and the only way to do that inexpensively is via life insurance, okay? You ask about long-term care as well. There's a, a company that now offers a living benefit as part of their life insurance package. And I'll give you an example. I have a 51-year-old client that for 30 to $28 more a month, he basically can get the long-term care living, living benefit aspect to his life insurance, so he still has a death benefit of, say, in this case, I think it's half a million, okay. But for like twenty-eight dollars more a month, he can also have access to the whole half a million if he gets basically triggers two of his, you know, the average daily living activities, which triggers any long-term care policy. But you cannot buy a long-term care policy at age fifty-one for three, you know, for basically, you know, that kind of money per month, okay, and still have the life insurance aspect to it. In other words, it gives you a lot more flexibility. It's a way to kill two birds with one stone. Freestanding long-term care is also something that's recommended if that's what you like. But, again, I would recommend only a, a certain couple of carriers because they're the best at it and with the longest experience. But, again, here's the aspect of long-term care you do need to consider. You know, obviously, literally, if, uh, if something happens to you and you can't perform those daily activities, you're going to need some help, and it's costly. However, only it's on the benefits are only triggered 50% of the time. So if you buy it, you got a 50-50 probability that you will need it. Okay, because many times that find that illness wipes you out, you die. You don't really linger. Okay. On the other hand, you could linger. Okay, and that's where the long-term care comes in. But it's a it's a gamble. It's a roll of the dice. Okay, in terms of long-term care, it should be considered. But we need to look at your situation, see what makes sense. Okay, and who's left to take care of you, and are they do they want to take care of you? And 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 and. What
1: you're trying to do when we talk about adequate adequate coverage is, is help someone um, take the risk factor out of that rolling of yeah. the dice, is to make the, 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 the best decision. Um, one thing I think is on the minds of a lot of folks, and particularly because I think there are some aging baby boomers that may have um, underestimated their longevity, um, they have a... Uh, a life insurance program. They might even have some long-term care. They may have the uh, living... Uh, uh, did you call it a, a living... It's a living benefit. benefit. It
2: pays off in the event of chronic illness. It pays off in the event of, uh, of long-term care needs. So it has a few different aspects And so, so they get, illness.
1: So they get to a point where they can't even really afford those... Those minor premiums, um, they're faced, and, and I, I think we're going to see massive numbers, maybe millions of baby boomers that need to go back to work, for example, uh, and and so what what happens uh, when you start and stop um, any of these programs?
2: Well, when you were, if you actually trigger the long term care benefits of any of any plan, you don't pay premiums. Your premiums stop, okay. There is something called a waiver of premium that I recommend on all life policies so that you're disabled and cannot work then your premiums are paid for by the insurance carrier not you. So there are some safeguards there also depending on how you design and the type of life policy you have. If you have a permanent form of insurance like an index universal life or a per, or a whole life policy you can uh, stagger the payments so that they stop at age 70 or stop at age 45 or whatever you wish to do basically to meet your needs. Okay so there's a lot of flexibility in the products the biggest misunderstanding about life Life insurance is that it's unaffordable, and that's not true at all. Actually, life insurance is extremely affordable, and every, because life expectancies are getting longer, every so every several years, the insurance companies go back and readjust their rates downward because people are living longer. Okay, the uh, one thing I will share with you with about life, and then we probably should leave that subject, is that four out of ten households admit that if the breadwinner dies, they, ha- they can they can pay their expenses less than thirty days. They will they will in thirty days, they'll have a problem. In 7 out of 10 households, they can only make it 90 days. So think about this. If you didn't make it home, what's going to happen to your surviving spouse and your children? Are they going to lose another, the other parent to work, getting a second job? Are they going to have to sell the house to move to a lesser expensive, less expensive neighborhood, change schools, uproot them entirely? Their life has been totally disrupted. You want to make sure that doesn't happen, and you can do that pretty inexpensively.
1: And here is uh, uh, something to a- add to that. Much of the reason that people are not ad- adequately covered is what I refer to, um, I think we were off the air and I said it was blind optimism, <laughs> it, it's optimism, it's, it's, it's not uh, uh, factoring in what could happen just because you're optimistic about never uh, incurring uh, significant debt related to a significant uh, illness or, or, or condition. That's the vast majority of, of, of Americans. We're, we're only talking about the U.S., I'm certain this applies to the rest Whoa. of the world, but the vast majority, uh, probably
2: don't think that they're gonna be that four out of, uh, the reason we Four have out of seven or seven out of ten. Exactly. Nobody thinks it's ever gonna to happen to them. They think, Oh, I've got plenty of time to do that. I'd rather I have other priorities. And by the way, this is why the Affordable Care Act came into being for health care, is because too many people took that attitude and then all of a sudden they get a problem and then they throw themselves on the mercy of whomever to pay for it because now I didn't take the responsibility myself to get health insurance when I was healthy and could afford and could buy it. So now the government is saying everybody's going to have it because we're not putting up with that kind of stuff anymore. But with life insurance, you still have that obligation to your family to get it, to protect them, do it while you can, make it a priority over getting another big screen TV or it used to be satellite dishes, things of that nature, or a new camper in the back of your truck. Make These are important things that need to be taken care of first. Then you can do the other things. Let's, uh, you know, we've
1: been talking uh, in generalities here, and, and I want to continue this discussion of some typical um, scenarios. Let's say we have an individual in their early 30s, and they're making between 50 and $60,000. So they do have some disposable income, mm-hmm. and they're coming to you because they really are going to have the wherewithal to ha- have you assemble a, a good combination uh, of coverage and, uh, and let's say they have no health care uh insurance of, of any sort w- where do you begin that process of 20 questions about what could work for that uh that 35-year-old that, that that actually has you know some reasonable
2: income well basically i would show them basically you can you have several choices but i'd say you can put all your money into health insurance and go with a lower deductible and pay x amount of premium which is higher or you can basically go up to a higher deductible, lowering your cost, put a few supplementals on top of it, things that I talked about earlier. Okay, but, when you, but when you look at any scenario health-wise, whether it's an accident or an illness, not only are they saving money for their, every month in their premium, but if they actually have one of these events, they actually have money in hand as opposed to just owing money. Okay, so they survive financially because they've got the money to pay that house note, pay that car payment. So pay it wasn't
1: something in the health care yeah. plan, but the supplementals provided yeah. some some
2: cash. The health care will pay the medical bills uh, except for what they're responsible for. But, again, it still does nothing to basically keep them financially going when the income has come to an abrupt halt for a period of time.
1: And what you do is you help that, uh, let's say, that young 35-ish person figure out what they can comfortably At- within their uh, budget, afford absolutely. that's in within their budget. but.
2: Is their risk profile factored in as well? Oh, these are underwritten. Every one of these supplemental plans that we're talking about are underwritten. So if somebody's sitting here talking to me about I have cancer, I'm battling right now, then obviously that throws those kind of things out the window. There are certain things they can get, but they can't get the critical illness type plans because they already are experiencing that, that, that problem, that episode. Now the other thing I do want to mention, it is cancer specific, because this is one of the misnomers. CBS Sixty Minutes and NBC Nightly News have done these features and you're holding your finger up.
1: Because I think I want you to address that right after the break. I think it's really okay. important and I, I don't want to cut you off in is the it middle break of it. Time? Okay. We're going to be taking a break. We're here with David Wiley. We've been talking about really critical aspects of having adequate health care insurance. We'll take a break, be back with David in just a bit
3: don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power america on butterflies rainbows and pixie dust i'm marita noon get the truth about energy on my show america's voice for energy only on america's web radio perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction if not So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com.
5: With all the back and forth in today's politics, It seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Obamacare
3: is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org.
0: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Business
1: Hour. We're here with David Wiley of Health Markets, and we've been talking about adequate health care coverage, a really, really critical topic that a lot of people don't want to talk about, hear about, although it's unavoidable because all of us have to consider it at some point in time. Uh, at least 99% of us. Uh, and uh, before the break, David, you were going to talk about uh, uh, cancer as a dimension to all of this. Let me let you run with that because I think it's a very, very, very important thing to consider since it's such a prevalent uh, condition. And
2: let me address this for all age groups. Cancer knows no age boundaries. So whether you're a, a child, whether you're a, a middle-aged adult, a young adult, okay uh, a young parent or whether you're basically a reach to be siti- senior citizen status which I qualify for later this year any of these factors basically essentially uh, a factor into the incidence of cancer in fact if you make it to being a senior citizen and not, not having had it your chances of getting it went up dramatically so it's even more important for those that are li- uh, older listeners but bottom line is cancer research has been rather prolific since about 1980 there has been billions and billions tens and hundreds of billions of dollars pumped into cancer research with great results. There've been phenomenal results in terms of cancer treatments that are working much much better than what the old traditional chemo and radiation therapy did, which by the way is covered. But all these new treatments are virtually not. What happens is, and when these new studies come out and these new treatments come out that are done at MD Anderson, Sloan Kettering, Mayo Clinic, and all these places, Duke or whatever, and they're getting these phenomenal results, this, it takes it has these things have to be done a sufficient amount of time on enough people safely enough before both the FDA approves the drug aspect of it, or the American Medical Association approves the medical treatment side of it. And they're running about six to seven years behind approving these currently given treatments that your doctor most definitely wants you to have and you most definitely want. Uh, And they've done features on this on NBC Nightly News and on CBS's 60 Minutes talking about the new chemotherapy drugs versus the old ones, the new treatments going on at Duke, basically the average out-of-pocket expense that you have to pay that your insurance company does not because of that non-approval process we're in right now, because it's too early, of about $40,000. Average cost out of your pocket for a stage four cancer diagnosis. So you think you have wonderful insurance, and you think basically you have a, you work for a great employer, and you probably do both. But the problem is, is the hang up is it's not approved treatment yet. So all of a sudden you get this diagnosis, which is bad enough, but then you come to find out that the treatment your doc, you and your doctor want to have, you want you to get, is not covered, and you're just kind of saying, well, where are we going to get this money? So they went on to talk about it on NBC Nightly News feature particularly for the twenty minutes or the thirty minute show was about, well, I break, I break my 401k, I basically destroy it. I, might, I go with my wife or my husband to MD Anderson for the treatment. And basically, we, we essentially don't pay our house payment for a couple of months. We run up our max out of credit cards at 20% interest. And lo and behold, we come home and we've got this multitude of debt that we have no way of paying off. And so essentially, we our only choice is to declare bankruptcy. So this is kind of a, a scenario that I don't want to see anybody do. And again, it's just protect yourself. It's really ultimately up to you. And I have two sets of clients, those that basically say thank you for having me get this because it made the difference of us surviving this battle of cancer. We survived it medically but financially we made it through. When I have the other portion basically who said oh David I wish you had twisted my arm a little harder to make me get these because I just never thought it would happen to me. I like my clients to be in the other. And you mentioned something earlier Ron about protecting my clients. Truly, this is what makes, I think, every health market agent very successful. We we truly try to do what is best for each client in every situation because health insurance really, as I mentioned earlier, protects the providers, your doctors and hospitals. We're here to basically protect you, our clients, and your family to make sure that you survive this thing financially and in fighting this thing and surviving, you don't lose everything you have.
1: (coughs) I'm glad you uh, touched on that, uh, David. I mean, to drive that point home that cancer and some of the new treatments are are one of the situations uh, that can lead to uh, bankruptcy. And again, no one wants to hear that. That's not a pleasant topic, Um, a a healthcare condition that leads to treatments that are so expensive that it leads to bankruptcy, but that's the nature of how uh, important this is and of what. Uh, you do, and what d- good professionals uh, do to h- help individuals and families to have adequate coverage, Wh- which brings me to the topic of of households. Uh, let's say there's, I- I- I'm gonna like give another hypothetical here of a 40 ish couple that has a, a couple of kids. Mm-hmm. They've got a household uh, income of uh, $75,000, which is, you know, slightly just slightly above the the national average uh or or it's 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 actually uh enough above that maybe they're considered to have a little bit of disposable income uh what do you advise uh families with kids uh, how how is that significantly different from the uh, 40-ish single individual with the same uh, income
2: Well, I mean, obviously a single person with that type of income has a little more discretionary income, okay? But they really only have to worry about protecting themselves. So, they can make a decision that says, "Well, I, I can afford to do certain things. I only want to do this and this i don 't want to do that and that 's fine because these these products are all all a card, okay, but by the same token, someone that has a family has a greater obligation because the reason you chose to become a parent is because you chose to bring a child into this world and bring them up you know sufficiently and you know to be a good person and basically provide protection for them while they 're under your wing so when you have when you have a spouse or other other family members, then you ultimately there 's a little more consideration to be given. To protect everyone and protect from any from any thing like any any insurance or health problem that could cause a problem.
1: And, and as you said, I mean, cancer is uh, non discriminatory. I mean, children get cancer, um, and also children have severe accidents. Um, so, um, do you take a, a different approach? What What would be some examples of how that family of four might be covered versus that individual?
2: Well, I mean, I would recommend, honestly, that on the cancer side of it, that they all are covered because I, I wish I could say I didn't have any of these, but I've had friends, I've had insureds, I've had folks that I know in the community that have lost children to Hodgkin's lymphoma. Okay, and in bone cancer, etc. Uh, but I also, and I've also seen it at every other age and every other type of form. See, like in Buckhead for a while, there was an epidemic where my son went to school that almost one of the every every almost about thirty percent of the, one of the parents in his class had cancer. I say, like, what is in the drinking water up
1: here? Right. Okay. And that, for listeners a uh, f- uh, further afield, Buckhead is a, just a section of North uh, Metro Atlanta.
2: Yeah, and it, just, and it was just kind of just strange that it seemed to be hitting in that pocket. And I, and I, I really make I'm making light of that a little bit and shouldn't, but it just. Like it was a very high incidence, cancer knows no ages or any boundaries so bottom line it 's important to basically protect the children, not just the adults in a family, put the coverage on them as well too, and why it 's only it 's very inexpensive it 's like a buck or so a month per child to put the cancer coverage on them as well so I mean it does they don 't cost anything, so that 's not a corner you want to cut and these okay. are th- are these the equivalent of of uh, quote unquote family plans, yes,
1: and uh, and then you have supplementals that you can add to yes a healthcare plan there as well, yes. Um, how about um, you? Uh, must see this growing number of uh, folks in their mid fifties. Like the last few years, has it been a steep uh, increase in uh, in folks uh, that are? Empty nesters, mid-50s, maybe early 60s, uh, household income uh, that was or is currently $100,000, $150,000, but that's going to shrink. And we've only got a couple minutes left, but but that's a, a segment you see a lot of.
2: Oh, an absolute lot. They're they're over the board, they're over the line, so they don't get any help on the on the on the uh, tax credit. So again, you have to employ the strategy of getting the best value and the coverage that really makes a difference. So again, it goes back to that model of not sinking all of your money into a more expensive, lower deductible plan, going with a higher deductible plan, but then having some of the supplements there that if the deductible is triggered, the supplements kick in and pay you, so you actually walk away making money instead of owing money and you do it for a cheaper premium. But it's really important that we look at every scenario and basically see essentially what your situation is. If you're somebody that's a multimillionaire, you don't need supplements because you've got more than enough to adequately fund basically any extra expense, and it's not going to hurt your overall you know, investment portfolio. My concern is with people who don't have those kind of resources set aside that they could qu- quickly cannibalize and eat up their life savings or any maybe education savings they still have for maybe college kids, things of this nature, and all of a sudden you're back to where you were 30 years ago or worse, okay?
1: Yeah, we, there's so many directions we could go. We're going to probably have to have you back for Part 2 uh, and maybe even Part 3 uh, to, to drill down. Um, I, I do want to say that people could get in touch with you uh, through healthcare markets. You know, these days, fortunately, you can Google David Wiley, W I. Our W-I-L-E-Y, uh, healthcare markets and health, health markets, health markets. I'm sorry, health markets, www.healthmarkets.com slash Dave Wiley. David Wiley would, you know, or just Google and they'll get to you. Um, but I want to thank you for taking the time to come on to the program and there's so many other aspects, uh, that we could have touched on. Um, we'll have to do it in a subsequent yeah, program. Hard.
2: If I may say, you can follow me on Facebook. I have both a personal account as well as a Health Markets Insurance, David Wiley Health Markets Insurance. But if you need an agent somewhere outside of Atlanta, just Google healthmarkets.com, put in your zip code, and when a Health Markets agent closest to you will come up, and you can contact them. you have a choice of several. and so they will, They're there to help you. Well, thank you again, David. You've
1: been listening to the Business Hour here at America's Web Radio. We're on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m.
0: Have a good weekend. Have a good week. We'll see you on the radio and the Internet next week. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.